Hey, good afternoon, my friends. <clears throat> Dr. Drill's Making Motivation podcast. It's 1.30 on, shit, I don't even know what day it is. 14th, the 14th, uh, Wednesday the 14th of July. <laughs> Wednesday, April 14th, 2020. Just came into the office there from my sole solitary patient of the day. Knocked out a little paperwork, did some online teaching, cleaned up. Saw a fellow chiropractor of mine who was in the neighborhood. And uh, we swapped adjustments. That was good. Been a while since I had my own back adjusted, so it feels nice. So I, I cut a little episode earlier on the usual subject of uh, this coronavirus and recent developments, kind of like my interpretation of the um, the news locally here and my opinion on it, and I shit-canned it, I don't know, it was actually, I think it was quite good, but uh, I wasn't satisfied with it, so I'm going to try to roll with it right now as I'm on my way home, stop at my Mennonite market there, see my friends, get some chocolate milk for my kids, other items. So, what's happening right now? Let's see. First of all, just on a personal note, I've been pretty prolific with my art recently. Uh, Yesterday, I kind of slipped down an artistic wormhole and just started. I went out in the yard. It was a halfway decent day. Sun was in and out. Started carving. Did some painting. Uh, I did this wolf baying at the moon under a nice spruce tree made that out of a 2x12 and that turned out really nice I think I airbrushed it up it was a pretty decent day getting work done working around the house, cleaning things up preparing for spring and waiting for the next meal or the next opportunity to go outside take a walk with my wife and my kids or play with the dog. Do something, you know. I've been trying to stay busy with work. You know, I've got a handful of patients, maybe a dozen patients a week that I'm seeing physically. I'm also doing some telemedicine and sending that out. I'm doing my best to connect with people and imagine what the... Uh, life is going to be like after the CV, COVID-19. Recent news has been crazy, man. Yesterday was pretty grim. Locally here, we had a meatpacking plant, and I mentioned that in a previous podcast that there was a place in Souderton, Pennsylvania, which is one of the largest meatpacking plants east of the Mississippi, apparently, and it had had trouble. They had a previous... Previously, the lot was full with a, of employees, and I described the people that work at these facilities. Not too many Americans want to dismember livestock. It's not a very fun job. But it's honest work, I guess. And there are these communities, typically uh, new immigrants... There was a large um, 
Haitian population that was working in this one particular plant. And I had gone into this other place called Hatfield Meats. Hope this guy's okay here. Pulled over on the side of the road with his hazards. He's, he's back on the road now. Not the best place to stop, dickhead. Um, so yeah, the, these folks that otherwise no Americans want to do the job, these recent immigrants might live in an impoverished community. They come in, they drive in, they bus in, they do whatever they got to do in order to come in and, and make their, their honest living. And apparently they had a really decent, have a really decent situation at these places where they pay a decent wage and benefits and hours, I'm sure, are fairly decent shift work. But a lot of these folks have been getting sick. Locally here, also in uh, other places north of here in Pennsylvania, Hazleton is one, had a couple hundred cases. Now, the biggest, one of the biggest plants in the country, in South Dakota, formerly their governor was kind of like, ah, we're not going to have a shutdown, we don't need to do that, we're kind of well spaced out here. Felt like they didn't, she wasn't going to order anybody to close or any of that. Meanwhile, a couple hundred individuals from this uh, meatpacking plant out there in South Dakota, they got sick. And so they had to shut that plant down. <clears throat> the implications of this are significant. We'll find out how it's hit the Mennonite market here. When you got plants that are closing in order to be decontaminated and workers that are potentially sick, what happens if the workforce is unable to quarantine or they have to go into quarantine for 14 days? Who's going to work at these places? Who's going to operate all this? So they're obviously not going to be able to churn out the living that they used to have. And what truckers are going to you know, bring their livestock into these facilities and bring their wares to market? So it's affecting farmers. It's affecting meatpacking plants. It's affecting the dinner tables of America. And that's scary shit because now you've got some essential workers who can't do their job. A friend of mine from New York City, uh, never call me by my name, just Hillbilly, a little uh, Hank Williams Jr. song, Country Boy Can Survive. My friend there lives in Connecticut now. He was saying that uh, he's got family members who, who have contracted this illness and have or recovered or are recovering. God willing. And one of them did not even have a test but worked in healthcare, went back to work in healthcare again after a couple weeks being, you know, in self quarantine. So the reality is that there are people out there who are essential that are either unable or unwilling to uh, quarantine and shut down, not come to work. And here we are at this JBS. This meatpacking plant in Souderton, I just passed it on my right here. It's freaking closed, man. Got a handful of vehicles that are probably in there doing production work and administrative shit. How do they clean? How do they decontaminate? Who's doing that work? How do we protect ourselves? You know, I learned yesterday this this uh, thing called R naught. 
R0 is the uh, index that describes how um, this virus disseminates, so how it is spread. And a low R0 would correspond with like the, the seasonal flu. Right? It's like maybe one. And so that's why it kind of comes and goes. It's not as severe, but still tens of thousands die every year from the flu. Well, the R0 for COVID-19 was supposed to be two, which two to three, which was enough. Now I've read that they've updated, updated that, and it's five to six. So that is absolutely zany, yes. This is an airborne virus. It's very difficult to socially distance adequately. Um, but the measures that we've been using, um, everybody holding up in their houses for the past month, seem to be working somewhat. Question is, what happens when we reemerge and the, the levels lower? How do we open up an economy? This is what the politicians and industry leaders are trying to figure out right now because there's forecast to be a spike in the fall again, you know. I was just talking to my chiropractic colleague about, you know, what people really want right now. They seem to want to, I, what I don't want to let go of is the notion that the summer vacation is not going to be an option. You know, that the beaches would be closed. That it would be discouraged for people to uh, fly or drive to their favorite destination. We don't want people, do we want people traveling across state lines? If you have your tourist town, let's say you you know, a prominent business person or politician in Ocean City, New Jersey. On the one hand, you want the boardwalk open. You want um, all the people walking down Main Street buying little trinkets and, you know, spending money at the shore. That's your income. On the other hand, do you really want people coming to your town? Do you want people coming from out of town to Ocean City, New Jersey, bringing their potential illness with them. What does that look like? I mean, what do you want more? You want your seasonal income? You want to maintain your summer town open for business? Or would you like, you know, to maintain the integrity of your community and make sure that nobody dies um, from this virus that people are, are carrying around with them. I mean, this is fucked up. It's real fucked up. People are talking about different cultures and different uh, people. My friend today I spoke to was talking about how the Chinese, they're a problem because they can't be trusted that they are liars, the integrity that Americans and the West, we like to think we operate with, they don't possess that. They will cook the books, they will, um, they will conceal things, they are very sketchy, um, sneaky people. I don't know. I don't know about that. You know, I, I don't, I'd like to think that human beings all have good and evil in them. That's, a, that's ultimately what I believe. I mean, I'm watching Ozark right now and I can see all these people and I can see that they're driven towards good and family and, and 
surviving financially and emotionally and all that stuff, socially, trying to be upstanding members of society, but there's also things that uh, they're tempted to take part in. They're tempted to try to make a lot of money quickly. They're tempted uh, sexually. They're tempted uh, in terms of competition. I think that all human beings have this uh, propensity. Are Chinese people bad people? I mean, as a uh, can we not trust them? There's been some skepticism about the numbers coming in from China, numbers that are reported. Well, you got a billion people over there, more than a billion people in their citizenry. How do you keep track of everything? How do you how do you accurately count the numbers and make sure that they're solid numbers? And from a public health point of view, from an economic point of view, and everybody wants to get back to normal. There's a lot of articles these days, however, that uh, suggest that we are not going to be back to normal anytime soon. What does normal look like as two people um, with their groceries stroll across the parking lot with their masks on, probably 70-ish year old people, and everybody just trying to, to resume normal life. What is the impact on this Mennonite market with the big eggs and milk sign banner across their front door? What kind of people, what are people saying? What are people acting like? How are they behaving when they come in to the store? I can tell that whenever I come in, the owner who I'm very friendly with and the workers who I'm very friendly with, they're, they seem a little bit on edge. Like, they're happy to be earning a living and moving product, but they're also very concerned with the circumstances here and what people might be bringing into market. This viral villain that conceals itself, it's so tiny. It could be, theoretically, on every bit of packaging and every food product that comes in here. I saw... Uh, some sort of person in the know the other day say, oh, well, you know, good idea to make sure you wash all your groceries, your produce with soap and water, okay? So extremely, extremely interesting shit that's going on here. I asked my chiropractic colleague, you know, what did he, what did he think, you know, what well, how's this going to shake out? What about these stimuluses? Anybody receive a check? And he had not as of yet. I mean, what what is our profession going to look like going forward? A profession that by our very nature, we, we are hands-on healing. We are inside people's personal space. How will we continue to operate? How will we handle business? What will my profession look like? What will the health, the musculoskeletal health and well-being of our, of our um, society be when chiropractors and physical therapists and personal trainers cannot do their best work? Look at the people, the way that this has changed their society. You've got people who are backing into their parking spots so as to 
facilitate a quick getaway. And here are people pulling into the Mennonite market one after the other. And as this couple trickles away, limps away in their ram with their groceries, all these old timers heading into the supermarket to get their milk and shit. Crazy, crazy uncertain times right now. It's interesting. I'll say that. See what the rest of the day has in store. Hopefully these clouds part and we get some continued sun. Get out there, get some vitamin D. You know what's interesting? Hey, you know what's interesting to me as a alternative medicine guy, a complimentary alternative guy, a doctor of chiropractic, is that uh, there's a lot of people making claims about vitamins. Like I had a peer the, yesterday post something about, oh, nobody's posting anything about how to boost your immune system. I recommend you get vitamin D and vitamin A, vitamin C and colloidal silver and buy these things and they're cheap and you want to get seven and nine hours sleep. Well, these are all helpful hints and, and I think there's some science to, to back um, all of this. I think there is science to suggest that it, uh, these roles, the, the roles that vitamins and minerals uh, play in order to keep us healthy. But I, I wouldn't want anybody to get a false uh, sense of security to think that all they need to do is order from supplements, some supplements from Amazon or go to the health food store and pick up all these quote-unquote immune-enhancing supplements. Because a lot of it, if it's not outright snake oil, if the, even if the active ingredient is in that supplement in the quantities specified, it's not a frickin' silver bullet, man. It's not going to necessarily uh, put, it's not going to be like a veritable uh, suit of armor that you are putting on by getting seven and nine, nine hours of sleep. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get the coronavirus. It doesn't mean that this critter's not going to sneak in the back door, however, and, you know, these supplements are going to save your ass. It's just not the way it works. They're helpful, yes, vitamin D, you can get it from the ultraviolet light reaction on the skin. It helps to boost your immune system. If you don't get enough sunshine, get some sup get some supplementation, some milks and cheese, some green leafy vegetables, sure. You want vitamin C? Vitamin C plays a, a very important role as a, a coenzyme and a cofactor for various chemical reactions. But is vitamin C all that is good with the world? I had somebody the other day tell me that, uh, oh, anyway, he's not taking vitamin C, and, you know, this researcher said this. You know, we live in this world where, again, the consumer culture, everybody assumes that, you know, somebody says that vitamin C is good to boost your immune system. Next thing you know, everybody's buying in mass quantities, and uh, they're just pissing it out. <clears throat> I'm just saying it's not the devil, and it's it might be something valuable for you to consider, but don't expect it to uh, to be a panacea, which some people do.
Let me go get my milk here. Come back and finish up this podcast. Okay. So, uh, my friend Kimberly is there. She's maskless, which is interesting. Some, it's, uh, now, to the, uh, customer's credit, every single client that went into that supermarket there, that little Mennonite market, as I call it, they were all masked up. A little bit timid, a little bit apprehensive. They were all masked up. But some of the workers, in fact, uh, the two workers that I saw in there, they didn't have any masks. I wonder what that's a function of. I still am intrigued at the uh, psychology at work there. What, what a mask, what covering yourself up, what that does to people. I mean, these folks think that they're not going to get it. They find it cumbersome to work with it occupationally. I mean, I had a patient this morning, no mask, no gloves. I don't get that. I don't understand why they wouldn't. I mean, they don't know me that well. I might, and if you know me for years, you're still going to trust that I'm doing absolutely everything in my power to limit my exposure. I'm out there treating other people, right? I haven't been tested. Uh, We've been ordered, instructed not to test, get tested unless we experience symptoms so that we do not overwhelm the medical system, right? So, why would somebody that's working with the public like that at this little market take the chance? Like, why not put put a mask on? Is it because they read that they're not in a in a high in, high uh, risk group? That young, healthy woman. I mean, but you could conceivably contract this critter and then bring it home to your family, right? I had somebody, uh, and it's interesting. This person is in healthcare. Working in healthcare in one of the the hottest spots for this coronavirus in the city of Philadelphia, a friend of mine, whom I love very dearly, said that uh, actually posted something to the effect of, "Ah, oh, well, you know, we need to get out. We have, we've had this over overblown response, and it's time to get over this. We need to get out and just you know face the music." This isn't going away, and um, we can't tank the economy. We're already looking at a you know, second coming of the Great Depression sort of scenario. And I, I feel, you know, the pain and the urgency and the desire to get back to work. I do. And I do wonder, like everyone, and I ponder, like everyone, when we will be able to go back and you know go to a Sunday football game again. I heard somebody say that uh, like a, somebody in the know, a shot caller, or like a politician or something, maybe it was from Australia, said, oh, I couldn't see uh, 
music festivals ever coming back again because you got all these people right on top of one another uh, screaming fans for whatever country and western group or rock band or whatever uh, I think we all want to do that there's a power, there's a great feeling you get for being out there watching an Eagles game for instance or a Phillies game or whoever you like to watch nice to get out there buy a friggin $10 hot dog and a $10 beer and sit there with your family and have a day of it but imagine yourself wading through that crowd when the game is over and everybody's making a beeline for the parking lot what does that look like in a post coronavirus world people really going to be comfortable doing that and if they are because they love their music or they love their football team or whatever will they pay the price or will somebody else pay because of their being exposed to this thing so this is really fucking with us in a great variety of ways I even saw an article yesterday, a scientific article, that was suggesting that one of the methods that has been proposed that this is uh, spread is by stray dogs in like third world countries, right? So how does that change things? If we go from bats and then pangolins and the, the wet market in China how do we feel about stray dogs uh, transmitting this? That changes everything, right? Because we're all fans of our pets. Think about the money we spend on our on our animals. Hey, fucking Bob, stop text mexing me, motherfucker. How will we feel about this if it turns out that stray dogs, one of our favorite creatures, to rescue could be uh, could be the culprit here or the unknowing culprit man so there's just a lot of information coming in it's crazy to be processing all of this and trying to make sense of it I don't think anybody's got it all figured out at this point but the time has come and gone where we need to get our shit together and circle the wagons. Um, I'm talking about worldwide. Because as stated previously, now we realize that your public health affects me. If you are you know, living in China or Sri Lanka or Pakistan or Canada or Cuba, wherever the fuck you're from, Europe... The public health in these places needs to be spot on, needs to be a priority. And because nothing like this has happened for quite a while, we've gotten a false sense of security and just, once again, just focused on other shit that we do when we're bored. Right? Buying things 
eating rich food, going out to the football game, stressing about work and about keeping up with the Joneses sort of shit. We just focus on other things and we let our guard down. Not that we should be paranoid or I want to live in a world that's paranoid about the next public health threat, but it's obviously a very important industry, a very important work that needs to be done, making sure that we are hedging our bets against any sort of critters. Against anything like this ever happening again, because in just a couple months, it's really wreaked havoc on our society. And every day, I'm going to conduct a podcast like this to record what my thoughts are, what my feelings are, how it's affecting my life, and how I see it affecting other people, and what my assessment is of the science and, and its overall impact on our world. I'm going to sign off for now. Go eat some lunch. Love and respect, my friends. Huh! <laughs>